Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they look like they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work Jacob. Uh, I'm a professional now, big uh, professional guy. Episode 69 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast, coming up next. Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league relief pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. Huge shout out again to one of our reoccurring guests, Josh Nero, friend of the program, for helping us set up this interview. Tyler Smith, first question, how's quarantine life going for you, and when can we get Mike Trout on the podcast? I tell you what, you guys can get Mike Trout whenever I officially meet him. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, have not, I haven't even, I've seen him once, I think. Okay. <laughs> and now you have an icebreaker. You can tell him about this really cool podcast he can come on. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. That'll be great. Great first meeting for you. So how are you getting through quarantine life? Any, what, what's been, what's been a day-to-day for you over there? I tell you what, I got, the quarantine has kind of been wild for me. So like, I got moms up in Pittsburgh. Uh, dad's down in Clearwater, Florida, and then I was living for spring training out with uh, my cousin in Mesa. And whenever all this hit, like, I got down to spring training, like, right at the end of February. So I was down there uh, wow. just kind of doing our thing, like, a little bit of early, early work stuff. And then spring training hit for us, and we were there, I want to say I was there for, like, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, we'd literally finished all of the pitcher catcher report portion of it, hitters, showed up and then the very next day all the stuff hit that they were like yeah like we're going to be sending everybody home um we're not really sure when we're not sure how like logistically we're going to do it but for the most part everybody's going to get sent home um the angels actually had us like for day's sake i forget exactly what it was but they basically sent that email to us on saturday had all the pitchers that were due for bullpens on sunday show up throw their bullpens on Sunday, and then we had a meeting on Monday that was like, yeah, like, nobody's allowed in the building anymore. We're still oh. home. <laughs> they just gave you a taste of it and then ripped it all away. Literally, and, like, that's the worst part about it is, like, <clears throat> we've been training since, like, November, getting ready for spring training, and spring training finally started. Like, we're there, we're doing work. Like, spring training started, started. It wasn't even early work at that point, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, everybody's going home like it's all a sham right now yeah that's tough well hopefully yeah obviously we hope it gets back uh sooner than later we're itching for sports as well um so the first we'll we'll get into the first big time uh journalism question uh so the theme of our (laughs) podcast name division three's finest uh stems from us just being uh you know very elite athletes but choosing to take our talents to the division three level uh, so just mainly sure. playing the game for the love of the sport. Yeah, you get it. I knew you, I knew you would get that. Yeah, 
Um, 100%. Yeah, just, you know, just our done, uh, what is it, the, the unbeaten path. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, sorry, sorry. So, getting back to the question. Uh, play, we play in the game mostly for the love of the sport, just playing as long as we could. Um, not that you're any different, but you did move a little bit. Beyond that, obviously, you're professional. Uh, you get play, paid to play baseball, um, but you still have that drive and, like, that passion that, you know, we're kind of touching on um, that's helped you get to this oh, yeah. point. So just real quick, give us an intro on kind of yourself, uh, your background with baseball, and what kind of drives your passion for the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it all starts back for me, like, Obviously, like, everybody here can attest to it. Like, your first memories have got to be, like, you throwing a baseball or something, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. obviously, like, my first memory going back to it. And then <clears throat> just growing up through high school and everything like that, like, it's just, like, baseball is pure at that level, right? Like, you get to enjoy it. Like, for the most part, like, you're better than most of the guys you're playing with. So it's fun. And then my mm-hmm. first real, like, hiccup when it comes to baseball is my junior year. I'm pretty sure... Uh, Josh was there whenever it happened. We were playing uh, like our cross county rival, basically. I think they're like literally the school next to us. If you look at it on the map, Norwin. Uh, we were playing them, and it's a huge rivalry. It's like us and Norwin high schools. We're always like two of the three better high schools in our area, and uh, we're playing them. And I think I got two batters into the game, and my elbow started to twinge. Um, I didn't really think anything of it. Like, I'd had elbow pain here and there before. Like, I didn't really think it was anything too crazy, anything to worry about, nothing like that. Uh, and then I ended up facing uh, J.J. Matajevic, who ended up going in, like, the first or second comp- uh, competitive balance round uh, mm-hmm. for the Astros. And me and him have played against each other since, Jesus, since we were kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pitching to him, and I feel my elbow pop. And there was just nothing on it. Fastball, fastball all of 40 miles an hour kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he hits this ball to the moon. Next guy gets <laughs> on. And it picks the kid off at first. And my elbow just went numb. Like, whole arm went numb. The guy, like, I think we got a little bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, well, I was going to ask. Like, after the first pop, you just kept throwing? Oh, so yeah. That like, pitch, he takes it through. through. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of great. Lots of great. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Like you're throwing, and it's like, oh, like, that didn't feel right. Like let's throw another one, and see how it goes. See if it comes and back. It yeah. just, uh, I've been there. Yeah. Exactly. And it just went downhill, 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 and finally got to the point where I literally called coach out. I was like, hey, like I don't know what's going on, but like I don't have it today. Like something's wrong with my elbow. I gotta get it checked out. So <clears throat> went to get it all checked out, and everything came back clear. Like, I basically had an inflamed everything in my elbow. So no TJ, no nothing like that. Like, I just basically had to take my junior summer off from pitching, which, like, as an awful, like, it could have been way worse, obviously. But, like, as you guys it's know, bad. like, junior summer was, like, time your to... summer to get recruited. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's very yeah, bad like, time junior to summer was the summer for everybody. Uh-huh. Exactly. And it was just, like, the timing of it, like, couldn't have been worse. So I was talking to some schools, and, like, that was kind of my first thing, that, like, baseball, once you get past high school, is a business. You know, like, every everybody's playing for a job. Like, you're not playing for your job in college, but, like, your coaches are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had a few coaches basically just ghost me out of nowhere because they got wind that I'd messed up my elbow playing a game. Like, I was avoiding talking to coaches. They'd be like, hey, like, can we get down come watch you throw, and I was just like, oh, yeah, like, you're coming on Tuesday? Oh, I think I'm throwing on Thursday. Sorry. 
Like, basically uh, anything to just, like, avoid yeah. the topic for the most part. Um, sure. But it all ended up, uh, like I said, it came back to just a lot of rehab and take the summer off pitching, and I was good to go. And that's kind of how I ended up at Canisius. Um, all other offers had fell through at that point other than JUCO, and I wasn't a good enough student to go to JUCO. I had flunked out so fast. <laughs> so I didn't really have any other options. It was basically like go to Canisius or like learn to be a really good student. <laughs> um, yeah. So ended up there, played four years there. I actually went there the two-way. Um, one of those like, yeah, come in as a two-way. That way we can get you into the school. And then once you're there, we'll tell you that you can't two-way anymore. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we've heard that story that many times before. Yeah. Classic um, Shout out Ryan Meyer. Yeah, the burger. exactly. Yeah, so it was just like, I don't know, like, I was all about it. And I was one of those kids that, like, growing up, my only goal was, like, D1. So I didn't care. Like, I didn't even, like, think about JUCOs. I didn't think about anything. It was just, like, D1, D1, D1. And looking back, like, I wish I'd have gone JUCO or wish I'd have looked into, like, some top-tier D2s. But, like... Everything happens for a reason, obviously, and like, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but went through and did first two years at Canisius as more like a middle relief guy, like middle relief setup, um, and then junior and senior year were when I really got into the closing role. Mm-hmm. All right, so just going over your, two, uh, your college career at Canisius, the last two years you've already mentioned mm-hmm. it, but you, you, know, you got into the closer role. So your junior year, you had a 0.61 ERA with 11 saves that season. And then your season senior year, you kind of got a little worse, but not, not too much worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, zero, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. There, was, there was a bad stretch in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, when that you had, happens. You went from a 0.61 ERA to a 0.98 ERA in 10 saves. Um, so just talk about your mentality of being a closer. And did that take any time to get used to? And what changed for you after your sophomore year that helped you take the leap forward? and uh, becoming a pro-level prospect? I tell you what, like the, like the biggest thing that helped me was just uh, I became close with the guy who was our closer my freshman and sophomore year, Yannick Remyard. He's a shout French-Canadian out. from Montreal. <laughs> you got huge shout-out to him. Um, I love that. Like, I wouldn't... He was literally the guy on the team that, like, everybody was scared of. Like, we'd go home, we'd go home for Christmas break, and we'd come back, and this dude would just throw, like, eight grand in cash on his bed, like, all rolled up with a rubber band around it. And we're like, dude, like, what? Yeah, like, what did you do? And he's got, like, two black eyes. He's like, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Kids. Jesus. Like, okay, well, it turned out the guy was, like, an underground MMA fighter in Quebec. <laughs> like, do these fights during winter break and then come back to school and just like launch cash onto his bed and like that's how it all started so like he was the one that kind of instilled to me that like you can't be soft as a closer basically um like any back end bullpen position especially like you gotta be a hard nosed dude yeah people like people uh, don't have to be like yeah like guys don't have to be like scared of you obviously like six foot 240 like nobody's scared of me but like if you have like a presence on the mound like that's what he taught me um so like that was the biggest thing going into junior year was he was like you're gonna be the closer next year like you know it i know it. like everybody on the team knows like that's gonna be your role next year so you have to harden up because going into that like 
I was always the kid that relied on its talents, right? Like, I didn't work as hard as other guys. And, like, that's part of the reason that my arm got messed up in high school was just I would go throw. I'd throw seven innings and then go play third the next day and, like, didn't do any sort of arm care. Like, didn't do any rehab stuff. Like, it was just show up to the baseball field, do my baseball stuff, and then go home and ride my bike. Right? Like, there was no, like, there was no initiative, basically. Um, yeah. And then... Junior year, my very first day on campus, I was, like, doing long toss with one of my buddies. We had, like, a week, basically, that once you get on campus, you have, like, a week to, like, get yourself sorted out, and then we start practice, right? So, sitting there playing long toss with my buddy, and I had, like, an impromptu bullpen that coaches out there watching, and I, like, got done with my bullpen, and I was going to go lift. Or we had lifted the day before or something, and he, like, called me over. He's like, uh... Why'd you skip uh, part of your lift? I was like, oh, I didn't skip it. Like, I had misread the information, so I did, like, two sets of pull-ups instead of three and then just did my last set of pull-ups at the end of my lift. He's like, oh, no, we have it structured like this for a reason, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're going to keep pulling this same shit. Like, why don't you just transfer? Like, get out of my hair. And, like, yeah. we just started button heads, button heads, button heads. Yeah, and, like, I'm going to say probably, like, a month later, a month or two later, we're, like, in the heat of fall ball. He called me into his office one day, and we basically had, like, a kicking and screaming match. Like, literally, like, chairs kicked out from under us, like, standing up over the desk screaming at each other. And, wow. like, me and Coach McRae have never been closer because of that. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those sure. things, like we, were, like, we were pushing each other, pushing each other, pushing each other's buttons, and, like, nobody would give. And then all of a sudden, like, it just happened, right? And, like, it was a massive mm-hmm. blow-up. And then we came out of it like, hey, I'm sorry for yesterday. He's like, what do you mean? Nothing happened yesterday. We're good. I was like, oh, like, all right. Yeah. And that was kind of my moment of like, all right, like, got to get your head out of your ass. Like, got to figure it out now and go about your business. And then Mm -hmm. once I figured out that, like, if you work hard, you get better, I started doing that. And then that's when going into the season, I had a lot to prove because my junior year was, or my sophomore year was rough. I had, like, a four-something ERA, which, like, it's not bad, but, like, to the standards that I held myself to, it was really bad. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was one of those years that, like, I had a lot to prove, and then I played, like you said, had a good year. um, And then the biggest thing that happened to me that year that helped me out senior year was, and it sounds so petty, but, like, as relievers, like, guys don't get a whole lot of credit for what they do, right? So, like, everybody talks about your starters, your shortstops, your center fielders, right? Like, the dudes of the team, like, nobody really talks about the the bullpen guys, and especially when it comes to, like, not necessarily, like, news articles or anything like that, but, like, there's not a whole lot of recognition for it. Um, In our conference, we have a reliever of the year thing, and somebody won reliever of the year over me. I forget exactly what his name was. Um, He went to Iona, I think. And it was just one of those things that, like... yeah, and it lit a huge fire under my ass that it was like, all right, like, they're going to take it from me this year. Like, I'm going to force the issue next year. Like, they're going to have to give it to me. Um, and draft came junior year, and I thought that there was a chance that I was going to get to go to the Rays, um, like a late-round pick. Um, but like I said, I was no good at school, so I was going to take whatever anybody threw at me. Um, so... Mm-hmm. I was talking to this guy, talking to this guy, and all of a sudden, like, 
nothing. So day one comes, day two comes, day three comes the draft, nothing. I literally, to this day, I haven't heard from him since. Oh. Um, so, like, yeah, like, all that That's stuff tough. happened, and it was just like, all right, like, senior year is going to be my year. Like, everybody's going to have to. Like, they're going to get in trouble if they don't pick me for this kind of thing. Uh, and then I got a bad case of the yips for, like, Oof. I don't know, probably three weeks in the middle of the season, senior year. Like, middle of conference play, senior year. Like, we went out against Monmouth. I got called in, I think it was like the eighth inning or something like that. We had like two-run lead, one-run lead, something. And uh, I threw, what I threw? I threw 13 pitches, 12 balls, or something like that. Something that's, absurd. Like some would say that that's almost pitches. impressive, kind of. Like, spin zone, like, that's impressive in its own right. <laughs> yeah, and it was all, like, the worst part about it is, like, none of them were, like, I was just launching it into the backstop, right? Like, they were all, like, relatively competitive pitches that just nobody would take. So it was just one of those days where it was like, oh, like, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. Yeah. And, like, that was the point where we got home, and the next day at practice, or I guess the we usually had Mondays off, so, like, we'd get home Sunday night. Monday was off. We'd come in for practice on Tuesday night. So our pitching coach was like, yo, like, something's up. Like, could I throw a uh, short box, which is basically, like, I'm thrown off the mound, but I'm thrown to an L screen or a catcher or a screen or a catcher that's like 40 feet away, 30 feet away. Basically, mm-hmm. something to like get your bearings in yeah. from a super short distance. So it's like, all right, like I really don't suck. It's just something's happening from 30 feet to 60 yeah. feet that I can't deal with right now, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was super, super mental. So I threw like 30 pitches. I just unloaded a bucket of balls in a short box just throwing fastballs, trying to hit, like, glove side low. Mm-hmm. And did it, did it, did it, threw, like, a bucket, and then went out the next weekend and, like, was back to junior year form. Nice. So, like, I don't know what it was, but something happened that it was just, like, yeah, you're not going to throw a strike and you're going to make really bad pitches for, like, a month, and then you're going <laughs> to <laughs> So, yeah, like, that's why, like, I think walks were up. Like, I don't think hits were up as much, but, like, my walks were up. My strikeout rate wasn't as good. The ERA was obviously up. And it's obviously, like, it's so little that, like, it's one of those things, like, gets overlooked. But I was like, I know what happened. Uh-huh. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. But, right. It, it, doesn't look, it, it doesn't look as bad on paper as, as how yeah, you exactly. Like you felt, yeah. Exactly. And that was one of the things, like, like I said, I'll go back to Yannick, like, just telling me, like, basically, like, don't be a pussy, right? Like, if you got something wrong, like, go figure it out. Like, don't yeah. sit there with your thumb up your ass saying, like, somebody's going to help you figure this out someday. Like, no, like, you got to take the initiative. Like, go out of your way and, like, figure stuff out for yourself because mommy and daddy aren't going to hold your hand forever, you know? Right. right. Yeah. There you go. And just following up on that, you know, Shu went over some of those crazy statistics your junior and senior year, and you, you obviously you talked about it as well. And some of those stats oh, we found, like our Sabermetrics team, were actually kind of difficult to find because there's, you know, several other Tyler Smiths out mm. there in the baseball world, um, <laughs> unfortunately yeah. for you. So I, I guess what we're getting at there, so, like, uh, we'll talk about this later, but, you know, you were picked in the eighth round by the L.A. Angels after your senior year. But with the stats you had, do you think – you know, possibly you're kind of overlooked a little bit because your name, like, if your name was, like, I don't know, Tyler Exotic or Tyler Sledgehammer, that you would have went in, like, the fifth or sixth yeah. round instead? 
You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily that. I think it's more just the conference that I played in. Um, so like everybody, like you can go to a Power Five school. Like say you're in the Big Ten playing for the worst team in the Big Ten. Like you're still in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? So like you're still playing like the dudes of college baseball. For mm-hmm. us, like we were always a super dominant team in the MAC, but because we're in the MAC, like we're a lower tier division so our stats are going to be overlooked right like pitchers are going to look better than they are hitters are going to look better than they are and if you're a pitcher not doing well then they're going to say like there's a reason this guy's not doing well in this conference and the same thing with a hitter right so i think it was one of those things that it's like yeah like this dude's putting up stats and he's putting up numbers but like is he actually putting up numbers or is he playing like high school kids you know what i mean like yeah that's sure. kind of the like, that's kind of the thing that we got stuck with. And then, like, we got stuck, not stuck, but, like, St. Peter's is in our conference. And, like, St. Peter's is the running joke in Division One baseball because they went, like, 0-72 for a stretch. Well, what yeah. people don't know is, like, St. Peter's tried to get rid of their baseball program. And the conference was like, no, no. <laughs> I guess <laughs> there's, like, some sort of stipulation in the map that you have to have a baseball team and you have to have a basketball team. There's something weird like that where you where you have to have these sports in order to compete in the MAC. Well, they didn't know that, I guess, or like it was overlooked, whatever the case was. But they literally like their coach had moved on. They had zero recruits for the next season, oh, and man. then the MAC came back to him. I was like, yeah, like by the way, you can't cancel your baseball program. Like you have to play next year. So they went 0 and 54. I think was the number of games they played in a regular season, whatever it was. Like straight yeah. over on the season. And then went like 0 and 20 to start the next year, and then finally figured it out. I think yeah, that was, win had to feel yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have quit. That, like there. Yeah, like it was just one of those things. Like we got, like they got stuck in this. Like they got handcuffed in this position and couldn't do anything about it. And they're in our conference, so it's making our conference RPI go down. And when your RPI goes down, like nobody looks at you. Even though RPI is, like, kind of a joke. Like, we went out and beat NC State my senior year, and, our like, we went down at the RPI. Like, we went from, like, 205 to 208. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's just, like, nobody will look at our conference as much because it's a smaller conference, and, like, we don't go out and play, like, your top 20 recruits. Like, we're not ever in the top 25 of baseball. We're not in those conferences. So, like, I think that's the biggest reason that guys in our conference get overlooked because, like, there are dudes in our conference, but the problem is, like you said, like, nobody's going to look at the map and, like, more so than that, like, what scout wants to go scout somebody in Buffalo, New York? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. they'd rather go to, like, Fort Lauderdale and watch somebody or, like, I know uh, Michigan goes to Port St. Lucie for their spring trip every year, like, their, or their oh. opening season trip every year. So, like, they're in the Mets training field like that's where they do their stuff so like scouts are going to go down there and watch them like they're not going to come watch us in march in buffalo when we have eight feet of snow piled up along the foul line so we can play university of buffalo rest in peace to that program yeah all right but i think that's the biggest reason that is that not only me but a lot of guys in our conference get overlooked for that um so you know 
moving a little way away from you obviously didn't get overlooked um so some point during your junior and senior year you kind of talked about it uh, a little bit um teams are probably reaching out to you letting you know they're interested um so i guess prior to that like was there a point where you kind of knew uh pro career was a reality or something that like a realistic possibility i guess um and then after that you know we all kind of dream of that draft day phone call so um, you know, what did that look like for you when you finally did get that call? Um, and, and, you know, just kind of recount that experience. Yeah. So like, I didn't think, like, I always had in the back of my head that like, it's a possibility, but it never, it like, it didn't become like real, real until junior year. And like, I got the phone call I, from whatever the number was and like, didn't have it. Hey, like, this is Tyler Smith. How can I help you? And he was like, Hey, like this, is, I forget exactly what his name from the Tampa Bay Braves. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> so, like, that was my first oh, taste of, like, this This could, like, be real. Like, I, I may be able to make a career out of this. Um, and then after that, I got in touch with uh, a, an advisor who's now my agent um, and started talking to him about shout basically, out. like, what to do. Yeah, huge shout-out to him. Um, like, karate. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, my guy. yeah, like, basically just, yeah, basically just trying to figure out, like, what I'm going to do senior year. Like, what do I need to do to get drafted, basically? Like, what steps do I have to take to make myself look more appealing to pro scouts? Um, and I think the first letter I got, I'd gotten a letter my, at the end of my freshman year, like a player questionnaire thing for the Red Sox. And that was the first, like, pro information that I ever got, but, like, I kind of put it on the back burner because as a freshman, like, it was my freshman summer, like, what do I know? Um, I forget who the team, the first team was that contacted me. Um, so basically, they called, like, said who they were and everything. They're, hey, like, can we have, like, I have your email so I can send you over a player questionnaire. And then one turned into two and two to three, and I ended up getting, like, 15 or 16 of them. Um, to fill out for, for teams and that was like that was the big like this is going to happen moment yeah. you know like there's scouts who. coming to watch your yeah like there's scouts come to watch our games right like they come up to me after the game and hey like I'm so and so with so and so club like just wanted to like talk for a brief second if you have it like love watching you throw today really like what you have like <laughs> we'll be in touch kind of stuff um, yeah. and then it came down to draft day and I didn't know, I didn't really have an idea of who, um, sure. the only thing that I heard was third day. Um, so I was looking at day three, like, a 10 to 40 or 10 to 15 pick, um, kind of in that range, like 10 to 20, give or take. Um, and then draft day came and I heard from like, right as the, as day one started, I heard from a guy from the athletics who was basically like, yeah, like we're looking to take it day three, like probably give you a grand signing bonus. Like, would you be interested? I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah. If I'm yeah. clean ticket there and I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, so like that was the last team that I actually had contact with through the draft. So day one came and I actually had, a lot of my family came up, like my mom, brother, dad, stepmom, they all came up to Buffalo 
because we stayed there. I think it was like three or four days after we got back from regionals was the draft. So me and a couple of uh, my closer buddies all stayed. Like we were just hanging out, like watching it on TV day one. And day one kind of comes and goes and family wants to go out for breakfast during day one. Like it could happen. It could happen. Like, no, like it's not going to happen day one. I don't, don't know what to tell you, but like not a first rounder. Calm down. Yeah. So like right. going there and parents or parents, they have like a draft tracker pulled up on their phone and stuff. So yeah, day one stuff. comes and goes. Yeah, exactly. Day one comes and goes. And then day two comes. I forget exactly. I think day two starts at round, uh, what, three? It's like three to ten, I think. Uh, so they're like, oh, yeah, like, let's go out to breakfast again. I'm like, I'm really not in the mood. Like, it's not going to happen today. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up that it's going to happen today because, like, I'm going to feel awful when it doesn't. Yeah. So we ended up going out to breakfast and, like, me, the family, like, all my buddies ended up going out. There were, like, ten of us at this little diner in Buffalo. And we ended up getting back. And, like I said, I didn't think there was any possibility. So, like, I started having a couple beers. And I was, like, I was probably three or four deep. And all of a sudden I get a phone call from my guy from Angels. Well, the last conversation that I had with an angel scout was him asking for my buddy's contact information. Oh, no. So, like, yeah, like, I, I didn't think that it was even a possibility. Yeah. Uh, like, even in summer ball my junior year, like, there was a scout from the Yankees and a scout from the Angels that were at a few of our games. Like, they'd come relative. I think they were, like, local to the area in uh, Boston, or, in Boston, in uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts. Uh, I was playing for that NECBL then. And I was talking, I was really close to the GM of our team, and I was talking to the GM. I was like, hey, Hunter, like, anybody come today? Like, I'm curious. I just saw you sitting with some guys up there that I haven't seen before. Like, it's Holyoke. There's not a whole lot of people there. Like, you get to recognize most of the faces. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, there's a scout from the Yankees. Uh, the guy from the Yankees really liked you. Uh, there's a guy from the Angels. He hated you. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, sick. That's, That's what I love here. Thanks. Yeah. So, like, up until draft day, like, I was always kind of under the impression that the Angels were like, oh, yeah, like, he's a good pitcher, but, like, he's not really what we're looking for. And, uh, yeah, he ended up calling. He was like, hey, like, just want to let you know that uh, our pick's coming up next round at 241. Like, you want to be a Halo? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is there any way to get it done quicker? We'll like, it yeah. Like, yeah, so, like, it was, like I said, yeah, like, it was just a, a huge shock. Like I said, like, I expected Athletics Day 3 sometime. Mm-hmm. So just to get a phone call Day 2 was unreal. Good job. Yeah, you know, we know you're just getting started in the minors, so hopefully this coronavirus mm-hmm. passes on soon uh, so we can all get on with our lives. But regarding last year's season, you know, your first season as a professional, uh, was there any, like, holy sh**, welcome to the league moments, either in spring training or, you know, see, you know, you already mentioned you haven't seen Mike Trout, so some, seeing someone you've seen, like, that's, like, big time, or anything in games where you were like, this is a different level? We'll bleep that out. Yeah, like, my, so my first year in, like, they sent me straight to uh, Utah, so they sent me straight to, like, advanced rookie, um, and I played the whole season there, and, like, we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, we didn't get a whole lot of fans. It was a super great place to play. Like, 
unbelievable. Like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Like we'd have road trips up to Montana. We like drive through the Rockies, but it was like, like that's kind of college still. You know what I mean? Like long bus trips in the middle of nowhere to the middle of nowhere to play in the middle of nowhere. Like that was kind of like I was used to that. And then spring training 19 came along and we were sitting there one day and I forget exactly what we were doing. I think we had like inner squad or something that day. And I was sitting there with, so like whenever we have inner squads, if you're not throwing that day or if you're not playing, you have to stay for the first three innings. Like most guys will stay for the whole game just because you don't want to look like a dick just leaving up the third. But like you got to stay for the first three. That's like team mandate. So we're sitting there and all of a sudden a golf cart rolls down and we see it like the way our fields are set up is like we have a uh, four set of fields and then there's a road that goes up through it basically and this little like auxiliary road takes you all the way to the big league side well we see this golf cart come down and we like we know it's from the big league side because we see all these guys in red on the back of it and stuff and all of a sudden like it parks and outstepped Justin Upton Albert Pujols like Zach Cozart and Trout so yeah like I, I did see Trout but I haven't like met Trout but, like, yes, they all get out of this good. golf cart, and I, like, looked over at my buddies, and I was like, uh, what are... world's greatest clown car. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are they here? And they're like, oh, like, sometimes big league guys, like, if they don't get uh, enough reps up in, like, whatever they're doing today, like, they'll come down here and just take reps off our guys. So, like, <laughs> it's a whole running joke with the hitters that, like, the golf cart comes, and the hitters are like, oh, like, there are yeah. for the day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like you'll see this golf we'll cart and all of a sudden, like, just $70 million will hop out of three seats of it and go sure. take it bats from dudes, and it's just like, whoa. Yeah. So, like, that was probably the first, like, this is kind of, like, real moment. Yeah. Like, just seeing, like, like, Pujols we all grew up with, right? Like, Pujols was a god to us whenever we were growing up, and it's like... Right. I'm literally sick. Of, like, I could, I could touch him, right? You could throw a baseball like, at him. It, you hit him. Yeah, you like, I, could, I could hit him, and, like, it wouldn't be weird. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not like he's on my autograph over, over the railing, and I pat him on the shoulder, and it's weird. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was super surreal just being, like, I'm wearing the same jersey as him. He's going to the same field that I just worked out on earlier, and he's going to take a bat. So that's, like, a guy that is a level above me in the minors. Right. Like that was, like I said, that was the first time that it kicked in that like I'm in professional baseball. Like, yeah, we're all segregated. Like, I don't know how other teams are, but like for the most part, I'm pretty sure they're all kind of like segregated. So like minor leagues on this side, major leagues on this side, and like that's about as much intermingling as there is, right? Like the golf cart comes down, like come take it bats, but like. Yeah. That was the first time that I was like, we're all in the same organization. Like, I'm in the same organization as the best baseball player ever. Like, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just following up on that, um, Shoot touched on it a little bit, but, you know, obviously your season's been delayed due to coronavirus, and we're all kind of in uncharted territory here. But how are you personally, like, preparing for this upcoming season? Is it just staying in shape, like lifting, or how often are you throwing? And is there any update on the timeline you guys are looking at here? Yeah, so, I mean, for the biggest thing is, like, a player, just kind of, like, the way I'm looking at it is I'm looking at it like it's, like, the beginning of February. Um, so, like, 
throwing high intensity, like doing workouts, stuff like that. Like basically the same stuff that you would do right before spring training started. But at the same time, like trying not to blow yourself out for the season. You know what I mean? Like it's a fine line that we're going to have to walk and try and figure out how to walk of like how intense is intense for someone if we're going to end up playing like, 140 games in 100 days kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so from from that standpoint, it's just basically just trying to keep yourself busy too. You know, like there's so much free time now. Like we're all like everybody's a stay-at-home order, right? So like you can't even go out. Like I can't go out and get a bite to eat for dinner somewhere if I get bored. You know what I mean? Like I got to sit at home and figure something out. So it's one of those things, like, it's just, like you said, like, it's unprecedented times, like, just got to figure it out the best you can, you know what I mean? Um, but as for an update, like, I saw something, I think Jeff Passan or Jeff Passan, whatever his last name is. Right, yeah. Butchered it. Um, he tweeted out, or whatever, either Twitter or Instagram, something yesterday, it was like, they want to play, they want to try playing in Arizona. That's like the most likely solution right now is that all the teams play in Arizona, whether it's the spring training parks, whether it's the Diamondbacks Park, like wherever they're going to play. I think they have like 15 locations mapped out that they're going to try and play at. And they were talking about like doing seven inning double headers so that they could get 162 games in like, They'd have the robo-umps going um, so that they could, like, I forget exactly how it was worded. It was basically worded so, like, so that we can social distance, we're going to have robo-umps. Um, and then they were going to do, like, no no fans, obviously, and then they were going to mic up the players. Like, everybody's mic'd up to give, like, some sort of something for the fans at home. Um, that was the last thing that I saw. I don't know, like, logistically how it would work, but... At least it's some sort of something that, like, we're thinking outside of the box to try and get a season in. You know, because, like, that's the biggest thing is, like, if we don't think outside of the box, like, there's no shot we play. You know, like, I keep hearing on the news that, like, this could get pushed through June. You know, like, if it gets pushed through June and, like, we can't figure out something, I think the MLB, uh, the Players Association and Commissioner's Office is, like, working with the CDC to try and figure out, like, some sort of safe way to play. Um and yeah, like if we can't figure out some sort of weird outside the box answer, I don't know if there's, I don't know how we can play. Yeah, I've been seeing like guidelines for like you know, players are gonna have to sit in the stands and sit like six feet apart from each other. Like it seems like a real, you know, weird situation. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah, have you uh, have you gotten any like guidelines or uh, I don't know rules? I guess from like coaches or higher ups in the organization of, like, stuff you can still be doing to, I don't know, stay focused and developed? Yeah, so, like, we have, we use, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's an app called Team Builder. Um, so, basically, it's, like, our daily dashboard, right? So, like, if I was actually in spring training right now, like, I would go in, I'd show up at 9.30 uh, to the spring training complex to start my day. Like, I'd show up, I'd go test my pee to, like, make sure that I'm hydrated for the day throw it in the dashboard no, and then yeah. like basically kind of lays out. I do that out. too when I get up. <laughs> so like it just basically like lays out our day, right? So like we go in, like we pee, we get changed, and then we check the board and see what we got going on for that day. So like 
yeah the board will have all that information of like if we were actually doing something but like for right now they're just throwing stuff on daily dashboard or on team builder that's like uh some lifts if you have access to some sort of gym they have still have body weight do you report your do you report like the your p result on team builder like do you have to self-report no like hey coach hydrated (laughs) for today They use these, like, USG sticks, and I swear to God, they're probably, like, a grand a piece, but, like, they're, like, these little little laser-measure pens that you stick in your pee, and it measures, like, the acidity of it, basically, but I'm I'm not about to drop a grand. I think we got one of those here at the (laughs) apartment. Gotta stay hydrated, though. How are you going to get better? (laughs) But, yeah, so, I mean, they lay everything out on Team Builder pretty easy for us, so it's basically, like, all our throwing work is kind of, like, on your own, right? Like, just... Keep your arm open. Yeah, basically. Yeah, do something. And then, uh, like, lift stuff they have. They have some stuff posted for us for guys that, like I said, don't have access to a gym or anything like that. But, I don't know, like like you said, it's it's uncharted territory where we are right now. So everybody's just kind of, like, dipping their toes in the water trying to figure out how to survive. Right, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to have, you know, the right answer for anything. Alrighty, so we got one last question before we get into rapid fire a little bit. Uh, I don't know, I guess not lighter, but away from current uh, circumstances. Uh, we've had a lot of baseball guys on the podcast, uh, but you're the first pitcher we've had on in a while, um, one of the few. So we're interested to hear your perspective on this. Uh, but the Houston Astros, so obviously, all <laughs> we know about the cheating scandals, but you know, as a pitcher, especially yeah. a minor league pitcher, um, you know. What are some of your thoughts uh, seeing the news come out uh, and all the hate that the Astros have been getting lately? I, it's one of those lines that, like, guys got to walk because you don't want to say the wrong thing. But, like, at the same time, like, like there's rules for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, like it's not, there is no gray area, right? Like, it's black and white. Like, if you cheated, you cheated. And they mm-hmm. cheated and got away with it. Like, good for them. They're better cheaters than the other team. But, like, it's still cheating, you know? So, like, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for, for baseball and, like, the history of baseball, right? Like, Pete Rose is never going to – not never, but, like, Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame. But, like, Pete Rose is still, like, considered one of the best hitters in all of baseball, right? Like, mm-hmm. Barry Bonds' single-season record still stands. And there's no asterisk fight. You know what I mean? Like – I think baseball is really good at letting stuff get into their history, but always explaining how and why it's in the history. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, like I think the punishments were light and everything, but what are you going to do? You know, like the commissioner is in a position that like, what's he going to do? Like he can't just suspend, he can't bang 182 games on 40 guys. <laughs> like the Astros would not have a team, but at the same right. time, like according to the constitution of the MLB, like he could only find the organization five million. So like mm-hmm. that'd be like me throwing a dollar out somewhere and be like, oh, I got fined a dollar. Sorry, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just it's super. Like everybody got handcuffed in the way that they could could go after it. But the only nice thing about baseball is that players will police themselves a bit. So, hey. if I was an Astros hitter, I'd wear one of those wink, wing guards. That, yeah, I'd wear a quarterback wing guard. Yeah, like some of those uh, those 
sleeveless like undershirts that have the pads built in. Maybe some <laughs> yeah. of those too. Yeah, go up yeah. there with a bulletproof oh, vest. Wear a kidney guard. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Ben? I said go up there with a bulletproof vest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I tell you what, Alcubey's gonna need one this year. <sighs> Shout out, hey. not friends of the program. T's and P's to Altuve. <laughs> if he wants to, if he wants to come on and talk about what protective gear he'll be wearing, uh, we'd love to have him. Yeah, He's out there certainly. listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess unless we have anything else, I think we are ready to move on to the last segment, rapid fire. Or well, second to last segment. Sorry, rapid fire questions. Um, so Tyler, for this, uh, I'm just gonna read off some questions. Um, thinking like quick answer, but obviously if you uh, if they need an explanation, feel free to expand a little bit, you know, if a story comes up or something like that. Um, so, yeah, just going to rattle off a few and, and give me the first thought that comes to your head and any good stories that come along with it. That's it. All righty. So, what is your least favorite part about baseball? Sitting. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> All right. And, and so, I guess on the flip side, what is your favorite part about baseball? As a pitcher, the competition, right? Like, it's me versus you. Mm-hmm. Love that. Sure. What's been the best moment of your career so far? To getting drafted. It's probably, probably a toss-up between those two. Yeah, I think I'd, put, I'd probably put dra- getting drafted up there, too. Um, <laughs> personally. Yeah, I think that's an easy one to, Possibly. to kind of tack up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, it's up there. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, at least a 1A, 1B kind of situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, when were you most nervous during a baseball game? Probably my debut. Yeah, my mm. professional debut. I hit two, I hit a guy with my first pitch and gave up two home runs. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say yeah. Right, right, right. So well, we can spin the spins on this. I was gonna say if you just hit a guy, you like Shoop said, you were just establishing dominance. But the two home runs are just you're, you're yeah. setting a low bar. Maybe they played for the I Astros. Heard similar stories yeah, about. No, they, they were I heard similar wrong. stories about Ichiro. <laughs> he did the same thing. He would, he would, you know, start off bad, especially in minor spring training. So come season, they didn't think he was any good, and obviously he just turned up. So that's all you were doing. Yeah. Spins out. Yeah. We can go with that one. I got you. Hey, we're professional. We're, we're PR specialists over here. Um, <laughs> all right. Next question. So do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? And if you don't, um, what's a weird one, the weirdest one that you've seen from a teammate? I don't have many. On days that I'm active, I'll listen to the same, uh, like, same music playlist, just a bunch of metal. But, like, okay. the craziest one that I've heard, it's not even crazy, it's just weird. That buddy in, in uh, college would wear his left sock inside out. So just. We, had, we had, like, yeah, like, just lunatic stuff. Like, we had Nike socks, right? So like they had a big swoosh, like right in the middle of your shin. And uh-huh. he had one swoosh and that was like white navy blue sock. And on the other side, he'd have like a navy blue sock, and it would look like somebody just like splatter painted a Nike on it with like all the colors <laughs> and crap that was on the other side. Yeah, it came from China. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be the weirdest one I think I've ever seen. It's a fashion statement. He's just, just trying to separate himself. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> was there a reason to it? Like, did. I don't remember. I think he like. I think he did it on accident one day when he was younger and had a really good game, and he was just like, "That worked." 
That's how they all start. Like, I feel like that's how all well, great yeah, I feel like that's how start. most of them start. Like you just do something on accident one day, and then it's like hmm, that worked. I'll keep it. That's fair. Yeah, it was definitely because I wore my sock the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, last last few here. Last few here. All right. So, what is your ultimate goal in baseball? Debut at the moment. Once we get the debut like. down, then we'll go. We'll go past that. There you go. I like that. Step at a time. And then this is the last yeah. one here. Um, kill, f- Mary. Uh, ben will bleep that we'll, out. We'll, we'll uh, that uh, out. But <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, so Chick Fil A, Faz, or Taco uh, and Taco Bell. That's tough. Chick Fil A. What was the second one? Uh, it was Chick Fil A, Five Guys, and Taco Bell. Ooh, I'm marrying Chick Fil A. Okay. That's Very Chick Fil A. That's a good answer. They're just the nicest people. Yeah. Oh, I probably gotta. I got. Uh, I gotta kill Taco Bell. I gotta <laughs> kill Taco Bell because it kills me. Right. That's yeah. That's like a. Uh, that'd be like a dirty affair on Chick Fil A. That'd be like your like mistress yeah. or something like a dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll lose that out too, probably for paternity. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, I guess I think that's it. Do you guys uh, have any other quick ones for him before we get into fantasy BS? I'm speechless, honestly. I'm yeah, good. I know. That's a, a good turn there. I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not too upset about it, but then that'll just take some crafty uh, producing work on your part. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just be, I'll just be up until three instead of two. Yeah, right. We, we need a PR team for ourselves at this point. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, all right, so I think we're ready for Fantasy BS. Um, for all the first-time listeners out there, uh, this is our last segment of the podcast. Uh, we like doing a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Um, so today's Fantasy BS topic, um, best beers, um, kind of uh, kind of on trend. I'm sure there's been a lot of consumption uh, all around over these past couple of weeks. So uh, Tough times. You know, people are probably pretty opinionated. I know I personally have been. Uh, Shub, I'm, I clearly you have been. Um Three picks each. Uh, our guests, Tyler, will go first, uh, and then this time we'll let Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert go second. Uh, third will be my co-host uh, and my friend, uh, Ben Gavlik, third pick, and I will be going last. But we're doing a snake draft, so I'll have back to back. We'll probably don't worry if we forget. We'll probably have to refresh on that. Um, but Tyler, why don't you shoot? Do you have something? Yeah, uh, am I not your friend? You always say, you know, reoccurring guest, Coach. James uh, say friend. So my kind of friend off of the pod. Yeah. So I mean, you. Uh, okay. So my friend and the coach Jacob the Bald Schubert will go second after the guest. Okay. Right. That makes me feel better. Do you yeah. feel better? That's okay. good. I'm I sorry. Didn't, I'll work it. It wasn't personal. I'll work it into my next one. I appreciate that. All right. It's Tyler. Why don't you go first? Fantasy BS of beers. My list out here. Gotta be Bud Light. Damn, Ooh. that's tough. I was gonna take Bud that. Light's gotta be the number one. Yeah, I know. That's tough. Just no smoother beer on the planet. I'm with that's you. That's a good too. All right, so I guess I'm second, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, my friend. All right, my you know I got you. So if you're you know Coach Calhoun, if you're out there listening, you know Daniel Huff, you're out there listening. My roommate currently, uh, Coach Bash, you're out there listening currently. 
Um, Huge shout-outs. I think you know what pick is coming. It's Michelob Ultra, Prickly oh. Pear Cactus with Lime. Uh, big <laughs> fan of that beer. Currently, Ben is drinking that. That is crazy. Allegedly. I've never even heard of that. Maybe might be <laughs> the best beer of all time. Might be. I never, I never heard of that. I'm not um, but that's a good pick, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. If Ben's drinking it, you know it's got to be good. You, you listed off quite a legendary <laughs> list of, of drinkers there. So no, no, no. Uh, they don't know, they don't drink it. They just know I drink it. So that's uh, what uh, So they're haters. Yeah, haters maybe currently. Okay, I gotcha. All right, so uh, All right, Benny. quick question here: Am I allowed to go Bud Light Orange, or is that off the table? Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's good. You that's can fun. take that. Okay, I'm gonna have to go yeah, Bud Light Orange. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Bud Light Orange. Damn. All right, so my, I'm, I'm up, right? Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to take um, Corona with Lime. Corona is no longer a favorite beer by this podcast, <laughs> Gil. I don't know what you're talking about. Corona, <laughs> Corona, Corona has ruined everything that we love and cherish. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't even trying to make, like, a joke there. You had me confused for a second. I was like, why do we not like Corona? I really was not clicking with me there for a second. I did not pick that on, on a type of joke. Yeah, no, it's just, I didn't even, it crossed my mind. I, I was pretty, it was a legit pick. I picked from the heart, actually, so I'm not, I'm not trying to make jokes. So, yeah, shoot, it's not funny. Huh? Shoot, I'm not making light of this global pandemic. you got to be kidding me. And I just called you my friend. Now I'm associated with you. This is ridiculous. Um, all right, second. Uh, obviously, Bud Light, great pick. Um, I feel like you gotta kind of get a light beer on here. Um, so I know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I know this would be my backup uh, if Bud Light wasn't available. You know, at the gas station or whatever. I know there's a lot of fans out there. Bush Light. Damn. Mm. You took my I'm just saying, I knew it would be out there. Yeah, the Bush Latte. Hey, I'm sorry to do that to you, but it, it had to be taken. <laughs> All right, yeah, so over Corona. So I'm pandering a little bit because I know I'm gonna lose the, our other fancy BS that we did tonight oh, for sure. Oh my uh, god! I'm going. With, I know what you're gonna say. I'm going with Blue Moon. I, I, people like Blue Moon, so. Oh okay. It's actually not yeah. what I thought you were gonna say. That's a good pick. Yeah, good pick. You're a loser. Great time. <laughs> Yeah. Appreciate that. I thought you were going to say Icy Light, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> I really just did. straight picks, like, just straight pander to the, to the Pittsburgh people. Yeah, so bringing it back to me, I'm actually thrilled that this is back to me now. Um, you know, I'm more with the Michelob Ultra trend, so I'm going to continue with that. I'm going to go Michelob Ultra uh, Original, the OG. It might cost a lot, but damn it, it goes sick. down smooth. You make me sick. Do I? <laughs> Yes. You picked a beer that caused a global pandemic, so I don't want to hear your shit right now, Gil. We'll you that out. two variations of Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra has caused a Michelob Ultra has not caused sports to start. Where's the effort, though? Like, well, I'm, <laughs> not saying, like, I'm not saying anything no about the beer itself, but some draft, dude. You're, you're a one-dimensional team. You picked Bush Light. I can get that gas station for $11. Yeah, I you can get Michelob Ultra at gas station. You just got two Michelobes. Yeah, because they're damn good. You drink you're water a bad for a GM. You're a bad GM. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even remember where we're at. You got me so riled up. Uh, Tyler's got back-to-back -back picks here. Snake draft. Snake draft. Back to the top? 
Yeah, you got uh, two picks here, back to back. All right, I'm going to have to go with the most unpopular opinion on the planet, but there's a backstory to it. Natty Dad. That's good. Okay, that'll get you oh. picks, though, if you have a good story. That, that'll get you a lot of picks. <laughs> yeah. So, Natty Daddy, we used to have, right, like, college baseball players, you guys know the grind, like, we get yeah, broke real quick. Yes. Real quick, go broke. <clears throat> so, we would always keep a jar in our living room. We called it the Jet Fuel Fund. There was a jar. Anytime you had change in your pocket, change in your backpack, change goes into the jar. Anybody that can't afford beer for the weekend has to go from the Jet Fuel Fund and get the Jet Fuel. So, we go over to... Uh, CVS down the street up at school, and uh-huh. we get a six pack of Tall Boy Natty Daddies for five seventy three. I was going in the Jet Fuel Fund a lot. That's why I know it's the dollar to the cent. Yeah, I got <laughs> shout, shout out. You do exactly what you had to work with. <laughs> shout out CVS and shout out Natty Daddies for being that cheap. Yeah, yeah, huge shout hey, out man, to them. Natty Daddy keeping us sane through college. We can do that for the graphic there. We can we'll put Natty Daddy and then Jeff Fuel there. <laughs> we can do that. We can get that done. For yeah, gotta have Natty Daddy on my squad. Alright, and you got uh you got another pick more. here. Oh, I go again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Alright, so I'm going going into the IPA realm a little bit, right? So my host okay. dad in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, or I keep saying Boston, in Holyoke whenever I was living out there playing. I lived with him for two years. He's a big IPA guy, so he got me into him. And then, like I said, when I was in spring training, I was living with my cousin who drinks a lot of IPAs, too. So we were at this uh, local joint in Mesa, and they got a beer by Hus Brewing Company. It's called Coffee Colch. That's got to be my number three. So, like, you know how, like, Typically, coffee beers are like super dark and like thick, like you're drinking sludge. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like, it literally, it's it literally looks like Bud Light. Yeah, oh, it's awful. This looks like Bud Light, but tastes like you're drinking a nice cup of coffee. The best beer I've ever had nice. in my life, I think. <laughs> What's that called again? It's Coffee Kolsch. So like K O F F E E K O L S T H, I think. Okay. okay. All right. We'll have our, now, now we know. No, we'll have our research department find it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, it's unreal. And if you hate it, blame my cousin, not me. Okay, right. Good deflection. Shout out, friend of the program, though. So is it my turn, correct? Yes, sir, Schubert. Uh, you're going right, to so uh, pick Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. Uh, I, I'm kinda, I could go to Michelob Ultra Gold, but I've never had that. So I'm going to go with Bud Light Lime. It's the third greatest out of the Bud Lights. You know, you have regular Bud Light, you have Bud Light Orange, and then you have Bud Light Lime. So I think it's a very good third third pick, uh, third round pick. I'm taking Bud Light Lime. Most unoriginal. Sorry. Are you saying? Uh, to be at least, I didn't take a pick that caused a global pandemic. Yeah, I get it, bud. You said that. <laughs> you said that. Ben, why don't you go ahead? All right. Um, I'm gonna go. This is tough. I'm gonna go with uh, Yingling. I thought that's on my list oh, as well. Oh, that's solid. Yeah, that's on my list as well. Just straight up Yingling, Yingling Light, or, or what? Uh, yeah, we'll go Yingling, Yingling Light. Okay. Say that, nice. say that five times fast. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to get into the IPA game a little bit too. At least I think this is an IPA. Uh, not a big IPA guy. Um, but 
uh, Fatheads uh, Bumbleberry. That is very uh, good. First oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. Very good. I'm just throwing it out good there. Summer beer. Right. Oh, and big summer drinker. So you know, we go hand in hand. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Uh, no, not alleged. I am of age. I drink more in the summer. <laughs> Right. Uh, any of you guys got any honorable mentions? I got uh, one. Yeah, go ahead. So this is yeah, kind of like a, it's kind of like an IPA. I'm not sure to be honest what it's considered, um, but I drank this when I went to the you know the local local bar down in Kennesaw, Georgia. When I worked for Perfect Game, shout out. Um, it's Sounds called the Neon 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 Neon. It's kind of like a kind of like a sour beer, but it's really good. It's from uh, Dry County Beers. So if any any of you are ever in Georgia and you see neon neons, please drink that. You'll you won't be, be disappointed. Please drink that. Yes, please drink it. Please begging you. Yes. <laughs> Got to. From podcast to podcast listener. Oh, you've had them. I've never even heard yeah. of them. Yeah. When I was out in Utah, we were in a dry county. So I think that's part of the reason that like we didn't get a whole lot of fans at our home games. Oh uh, yeah, they're not allowed to over here. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, we'd have to go like we'd side. have to go like fifteen twenty minutes like away from our host family's house, like the opposite direction from the field in order to get some beer. Wow! Like even to go to like a like a bar that served beer. I feel you like that's, you have to do. That's, that's like the biggest attraction oh, of yeah. minor league games. Like they have like dollar beer nights and everyone goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. that's tough. That's tough. Exactly, it's part of the thing. Nobody's going to a minor league game to watch a game. Everybody's going to get crippled because it's exactly. cheap. <laughs> I love it, crippled. I love that saying. <laughs> I'm taking that, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm taking that. Um, so I did have a couple. Uh, to your point, uh, or well, you were talking about the, the jet fuel, your story about the jet fuel just having cheap beer. Um, I just had just a 40, uh, no particular kind. I just, that was one of my best ones, just 40. Um, <laughs> You can go far with those um, on the cheap. Uh, I had this is a little more local to Ohio. It's an Ohio brewery, but Elvis Shoes uh, by Brewdog. Um, Dosecki's on here. Shout out, friend of the show, uh, recurring guest uh, Denny, uh, big Dosecki's guy. Had this on there. My honorable mentions. Not a big drinker myself, so I felt wrong putting it on my list, but I know he would appreciate that. Um, and then finally. I want to get made fun of for this, but Summer Shandy almost made my list, Ooh. but Bumbleberry took the spot. <laughs> yeah, just Lion Koopal, Summer Shandy, big fan. Summer Shandy, uh, there. That's a, you can't go wrong. I just felt like it might be a little basic, so, you know, I, I, I try to stay away. It's all right. I got, I got one honorable mention, though, that I can yeah. think of. That's sure. P- PBR. Oh, Ooh. another cheap, pass, pass another cheap ribbon too. has to be up there. Sure. An iconic can, recognizable. Yeah. I hear you. So my, Nothing says college more than PBR and Natty Natty. <laughs> yeah, jet fuel. Ben, did you have any? Yeah, so uh, I have one. All you guys um, mentioned up the other ones. Um, this is a big shout-out to last July when Gil and Height were down in Florida, Natter Days. We probably took down, oh, yes. we probably took down Sorry, 100 Natter Days in like three days. It was pretty wild. But, it um, made me sick. Yeah, it, it made me sick too. I haven't had a Natter Day since, honestly. Not going to lie. Nope, yeah, don't it, ever want one again. <laughs> it was awful. We, we had enough in those three days. It was quite the incredible span there. Incredible is one word for it. <laughs> all right, are we all out of honorable mentions? I mean, there's so many out there. I'm sure we missed some. Uh, <laughs> let us know on Twitter. 
uh, yep. D3's Finest Pod. Uh, if we missed any, give us your recommendations, I guess. Uh, let you know how bad his draft is. Uh, taking two Always. Of the globe ultras. It's uh, the two best beers in the world. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, let us know. Follow us. Tell your friends. Um, tell your moms, maybe, if you want. They're like us. I don't know. Uh, them, too. Thank you, Schubert. Marketing genius. All right. Well, I think if that's it, um, Tyler, thank you for coming on, my man. This was a great time. We appreciate uh, taking the time out of your day. Yeah, no, appreciate it, guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, first of many appearances, uh, you know, especially as kind of things progress with the MLB season and stuff, hopefully we can have you back on, kind of get an update on your uh, your time in the minors, hopefully, hopefully climbing on up. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's Kay Weezy and we back. The rise to the throne. And the... Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me Your baddest girl be all on my D The stuff you pay for from me it's free Because I got Ben Franklin's I got Ben Franklin's No need for hatin' I'm not a doctor I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog They all got prayers